Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pilgrim Devotion. I am your host, Pastor Michael Howard, the senior pastor of Seaford Baptist Church. This is a podcast for anyone inside or outside of Seaford Baptist Church living the pilgrim life, representing the kingdom of God in the kingdom of man. And I am glad you are back with us this week. Uh, I am thankful for those. We've had some people reach out and let me know they've been listening to the podcast. We have had people reach out and let me know just how much of an encouragement the podcast has been to them or to someone in their life. Thank you so much for that. Uh, If you are a listener to the podcast, you can send me an email at mhoward at seafordbaptist.com and let me know how the podcast is positively affecting your life. I love to get those emails because it's motivation for me to continue doing this and to carry on with this. I want this, first of all, to be a great thing for uh, the people of Seaford Baptist. I hope it's a blessing to them, but also for those outside of the church that happen to be listening. If it is blessing your life, well, then praise God. So uh, yeah, mhoward at seafordbaptist.com. Let me know, uh, first of all, if the podcast is a blessing to you. Secondly, no problem promises, but if you've got something you would love for me to address on the podcast, something I could have a guest on to address, well, then that would be fantastic. You can let me know what you would love to hear us talk about here on Pilgrim Devotion. We do have some guests coming up. I know I keep telling you that. And you're like, well, it's just you. Where's where's this guest at? These, these magical guests you keep speaking of. It's coming. It's coming in the next few weeks. I'm really looking forward to recording with Shelly Durkee. And we're going to be talking about sexual abuse in the church, particularly in Southern Baptist, uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention. So I would love to... Uh, I would love for you to, to to listen to that. I think it'll be helpful for you if you've had questions about what's with the task force, what's with all this stuff kind of going on with sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention. Is there accountability? Should there be more accountability? Where can we do better? Those sorts of things. I hope the podcast is going to be helpful. And then I'm going to Pastor Ben Little on, the man who pastors with me here at Seaford Baptist. We're going to be talking about Pilgrim's Progress, and we're going to hope to have 10 of those throughout this year. Uh, We need to get moving on those. So the first one's coming and we're going to be going through the Pilgrim's Progress and just kind of not, it's not going to be hardcore commentary. It's just going to be a conversation about different sections of the book. And uh, I hope that it will be, uh, I hope it'll be good for those that are in our church reading along with Pilgrim's Progress. I hope it'll be good for those in our church who are outside of our church. If you've never read Pilgrim's Progress, then this is a great time to jump in. If you have read Pilgrim's Progress, then maybe this will uh, stir up some of those fond memories you have of going through that book. I've met very few people who have gone through Pilgrim's Progress and don't cherish the work. So uh, yeah, I I think that'll be good for everyone. Even if you haven't read Pilgrim's Progress, I would encourage you to at least listen to the first one. Maybe it'll spur you on to go and read it. So uh, yeah, anyways... Looking forward to all of that, but today we are talking about health anxiety. That is my topic for today, and you might be like, what in the world? Uh, This is something that's very, very important to me to talk about because it is something that I have struggled with in my life, and I want to tell my story here on the podcast today, and then I'm going to give some action points for those that may hear this and go, you know, I struggle with it as well. A lot of people don't want to talk about healthy anxiety because it feels silly. You don't want to be uh, considered a crazy person. You know, you don't want to be called a hypochondriac, all of those sorts of things. 
Uh, I found that as I went through my battle with health anxiety, and it's something I still struggle with on some level, but I've, I've gained a lot of victory uh, in it. When I went through a lot of my battles with it in 2021, which I'll get to in a second, I had people straight up laugh at me about it, like when I would tell them about it. And I know they didn't mean ill by it. They didn't realize how much of a struggle I was really going through. And they would kind of laugh about it or they would say, oh, man, don't worry about that stuff and kind of dismiss it. And it's like for people who are really struggling with health anxiety, with people who are under spiritual attack in this area, it's not something to laugh about and it's not something just to to brush off and go, "Ah, it's no big deal. Uh, It's actually incredibly difficult to wade through and to navigate through. And I hope that if there are people that listen to this that have struggled with it on some level or maybe you're struggling with it in a big way and they've never talked to anybody about it because they're shamed about it, that this would encourage them to talk to someone. That's something that I, I, I want to talk about towards the end of the podcast. And uh, I hope that if you have someone in your life who struggles with health anxiety and you listen to this, that it's going to be helpful to you so you'll know a little bit more about how to minister to them and care for them because it really is a serious issue. Uh, and, and again, I don't like to use even use the term hypochondria because for me, this is bigger than just a little mental health struggle. For me, this really became a spiritual issue in which I felt Satan, the prince of darkness, uh, found a, a way in to really attack my heart and mind as a Christian man, as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, and tried to rob me of everything good in my life and tried to rob me of my joy. It's that serious. And so that's why I wanted to take the time to talk about it. It's not something I've really talked about on the podcast, and we've been doing the podcast now for, I guess, gosh, it's been about six months, uh, I think, that we've been doing the podcast. We're getting close to 40 episodes in. we got to do something big for the 50th episode. I don't know what it is, but we got to do something big for the 50th episode when when that comes, Lord willing. But um, yeah, anyways, let's talk about healthy anxiety. So let me back up. And one of the reasons that it's on my mind is because it's almost three years to the day when I really started to, to kind of lose my mind in the area of health anxiety. So If you go back to 2021, spring of 2021, it was right in March of 2021, I got a pain in my left side and in my lower back. I just noticed that, man, when I bend down, I'm hurting. And I noticed that I had this pain in my hip. It was kind of a burning sensation in my hip. It's it's a little bit hard to explain. Sometimes it felt like a gnawing pain. Sometimes it felt like a burning sensation. And so one night I am lying in my bed and... I get on my phone and I decide I'm going to Google, just just very innocently, I'm going to Google what's going on with my back and what's going on with my hip. And when I Googled it, one of the first things that came up was pancreatic cancer. Now, I have been around long enough to know that pancreatic cancer is a, a hardcore killer, right? And you get pancreatic cancer, your chances of survival are pretty low and it takes people quickly. Um, I talked about Colonel Jim Baring on this podcast back in December, a dear brother, and uh, I, I kind of did an ode to him, uh, an audio ode to him to toward the end of the year, and I appreciate those who reached out about that and and, and enjoyed that podcast. But with with Jim, he had pancreatic cancer. I watched what it did to him over a matter of a couple of years. I remember a brother named Harold Steelman when I was uh, serving an old Powhatan Baptist. 
good brother, big strong man. This guy was like six foot five, had that box haircut, you know what I mean? World War II veteran, just a big tough guy, you know, big tough Baptist guy. Got pancreatic cancer and was gone in a month, just gone. And I remember how crazy that was to watch that happen so quickly, like to just suddenly be at Harold Steelman's funeral for me. It shook me up even in my 20s, uh, in my early 20s. So I, I see pancreatic cancer when I Google and I lose it, man. I lose it. I get so upset and uh, my whole body went cold. I, I got like a panic attack in bed and... Um, I decided to call my, my physician the next day. And so I, I go to my physician the next day. He's retiring. He's like, well, look, this is the last time you're going to see me because I'm retiring. Uh, but I think that you probably should go get a CT scan. And I, I, I just came unglued. So I went home and I remember in just being in a full panic. I was like, a CT scan? Like, that's what people get when you're checking out to see if they have cancer, you know? And I'm like, gosh, I Google this thing and say pancreatic cancer. This guy's looking at me saying I need to get a CT scan. And I start thinking I'm going to die. And that's real. It's not a joke. It was real. Uh, so that was the end of March of 2021. Throughout April... I, the first couple weeks of April, I remember trying to suppress it. I remember there was Easter. I remember being at the Easter egg hunt that we do. We do like a mega egg hunt, which if you're in the area, you want to come out. It's going to be on March the 30th this year. Uh, and we have a great time here at the church and we have like 10,000 eggs and uh, kids just go home with a ton of candy and we just love to bless our community with it. And I was at that egg hunt, one of my favorite days of the year, and I just had no joy. I remember sitting in a chair and I remember like one of our deacons coming up to me like, are you okay? And I wanted to look at him and say, yeah, 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 I'm fine. But in my heart, I, all I could think about was death. All I could think about was leaving my family on this earth. All I could think about was not watching my kids grow up, not watching my little two-year-old girl at the time walk down the aisle. And I'm just absolutely uh, losing my mind. And, and, and when I say losing my mind, I'm serious. Like I was losing my mental health moment by moment. I could feel it slipping away. And all I'm doing is Googling, just trying to find some peaceful answer. Somebody who's like, hey, I have exactly what you have and it's okay. It's, it's actually this thing and you go take this pill and everything's better, right? So that's what I was, was hoping I would find out. So then, uh, I remember going to Canton, Ohio with one of my best friends, Kenny Van Horn, pastor of West End Baptist Church. Kenny and I would go to, uh, we, we go out to Canton, we go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and on the way home, all I could, I, I just remember thinking, you know, that, that trip was kind of keeping my mind off of the mental health crisis that was looming. And then when we were on the way home, I remember times where I'd just go quiet and Kenny would be like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm fine. But in my mind, all I was thinking about was that I have cancer growing inside of me and I'm dying. And we got back from that trip. I came back to Seaford. My family wasn't home because my wife had gone with the kids to visit family So uh, while I was out of town. So I come home, I'm totally alone, and that night I broke down in tears. And I had a full-on panic attack. And that was the first like really full panic attack that I had uh, with, the, with the mental health um, issues and the health anxiety where I, I just, I felt like I could feel cancer in me. My, my heart is beating a thousand miles an hour. My body's going hot and cold. Uh, I'm breathing, um, having a hard time, you know, getting a deep breath and I'm just walking around in a full panic. 
that went on. Uh, I, I remember about a week later, my wife and I went out on a date. I couldn't enjoy the date. I remember sitting in the restaurant, looking around at other people and thinking, I remember when I was like them. I remember when I could just go out to Texas Roadhouse and eat a roll and enjoy myself. And now all I can do is sit here and think about the fact that I'm going to die. Thinking about we just bought this new minivan, this new Honda minivan, and how is my wife going to pay for it after I'm dead? This is what was on my mind. Um, that went on. I, I started going to doctors and specialists. I went and got uh, scans done, and I went and got I went to a, a back specialist. I went to a hip specialist. I went and got a new primary care doctor who's still my doctor, who is the man, okay? Shout out to Dr. Mori if he ever this ever fell into his hands. Uh, one of the best things that happened through this whole thing is that Dr. Mori came into my life, and he was has been so patient and kind with me throughout this whole process and cares not just about my physical body but also about my mind and is such a wonderful man, such a wonderful doctor. But I changed doctors. Uh, one of the men in our church who is a physician, Dr. Dr. Kramer here in our church, he walked with me through it as well. In fact, he's the one that connected me to Dr. Mori. Dr. Kramer was so good to take phone calls from me, phone calls from my wife when I was going through all this. The real peak of things, when they got their worst, there was a, I'll, I'll talk about two days. One, there was a Saturday where my wife went out for a brunch. Uh, she went out for a brunch in early May. It was a birthday brunch for one of her good friends. And while she was gone, I was there alone with the kids and I called my parents crying on the phone because I felt like I couldn't take care of my kids because I was so scared in my mind. All I could think about was death. I couldn't stop crying. I had another panic attack. And I remember having to get my son, who was just over 10 years old at the time, to really take care of the younger two because I couldn't do it. That's how low I was. That's how absolutely broken I was. I went to the hospital a couple of weeks after that because there was another day where my my wife... And actually, I may be switching these. The hospital may have come before that day. Uh, my wife went out. My kids weren't there. They were with my parents. My wife went out to Home Depot because she's always fixing something. My wife's the DIY person in the house. It ain't me. I can tell you that. And God gave me a mouth and he gave me a mind, but he didn't give me too much skill with these hands. My wife can fix anything, refinish anything. You know, she, she's, she's a master. So she's at Home Depot picking up something, probably some stuff for the outdoors considering the time of the year. And I called her. I said, you got to come home. I couldn't stand being alone. I had another full-on panic attack. So panic attacks were coming at me pretty regularly. I ended up going to the ER, and they did a full scan of my body. They're like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. I had a couple nodules on my lungs, which turned out to be nothing. So I, I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to doctors. I'm going to specialists. And there was actually really nothing wrong except the fact that I had a malfunction with my SI joint. That's what I found out from a specialist about a year and a half later, like I, I just found that out and it was like the fall of 2022. I finally got a diagnosis that when I, my SI joint, which I, it's kind of embarrassing, but I think I heard it playing disc golf. When I bend down and when I come up, it pulls to the right and it makes everything on the left side of my body, my hip, as well as uh, the muscles in my back, it, it pulls and strains them. 
and a physical therapist diagnosed me so quickly the second that I saw him and figured out that's what was wrong the whole time. It was my SI joint. And so now I don't panic so much about this. But when I went through that, man, I, I, I want to say that like I really thought I was going to die. I couldn't stop Googling. I couldn't stop thinking about death. I couldn't stop thinking about my wife being married to another person because I'm dead and gone. I couldn't stop thinking about another man raising my family. And it absolutely broke me down. And I do believe that it was a spiritual attack, that there was a weakness there and that Satan preyed upon it. And it was a spiritual attack that I was under, that it was uh, oppression from the enemy. And I don't say that lightly. I don't, I'm not a guy that looks for a demon behind every bush, but I am absolutely sure that what was going on was far beyond the realm of the physical, far beyond the realm just of chemicals in my brain, and that I was under attack from Satan. But I'm going to tell you, God was so faithful during this time. So there was a brother in our church who came up to me one night and said, and, 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 and said, uh, the Lord laid on my heart to talk to you about health anxiety. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, are you struggling with that? And I said, yeah, I'm struggling with that. I, I feel like I'm losing my mind here. And he said, uh, he said, I've gone through that. And he explained to me just his feelings that he's had, the panic attacks that he suffered. And as he explained it, I was like, man, this is everything you're saying is what I'm saying, like every, or is what I'm feeling. And I felt like nobody understood me. When he came up and started talking to me, I felt like he was speaking in a language, like I'd been talking in some language to everybody, and people were looking at me like, you're speaking gibberish. I don't understand what you're saying. And when he talked to me, I felt like suddenly somebody else spoke this language I've been speaking. I was like, yes, you understand. You understand. And so it helped me so much to have another brother in the church that came alongside me. So... That, that's really my story. I don't want to go too much more about it because I don't want to sit here and talk about myself, but it was serious. It was really serious. Praise God that by the time I got to really the the fall of 2021, heading into the, the winter of 2021, it was pretty much behind me. Even before I had gotten the diagnosis about my SI joint, it was pretty much behind me. And that is because of the grace of God, and that is because of good people that were in my life that helped take care of me. Uh, my wife was amazing, amazing through all this. She stood like a soldier beside me. I know she didn't understand everything that I was feeling, but she would try to empathize. Uh, she never called me crazy. She never looked at me and said, there's nothing wrong with you. What, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you. She never did that. She was an absolute picture of the grace of God toward me through all of that. So her, people in my church, my physician, people, friends friends of mine outside the church who, who stood by me and were encouraging to me, I, I was so thankful for all of them in the way that they, um, they came alongside me. People in the church who would look at me and say, I'm praying for you, uh, who would encourage me and say, God's going to give you many years of ministry, don't believe whatever lies. Satan's putting on you with all of this, and they would just be incredibly encouraging uh, to me in the midst of it. So I was thankful for all of them. But I do want to talk about just some 
things that you can do if you struggle with this. If you're listening to this and you feel like, oh, he gets it. He is speaking the language that I've been speaking that nobody understands. You know, there's that old joke, and, and I, I will use the H word here, the old joke that what every hypochondriac is going to have on their grave is I told you so, right? Um, people who really feel like that, when you hear somebody talk about it, you're like, you get it. You get it. So if that's you, if you've been walking around thinking, one day I'm going to have a grave and I'm going to write I told you so on it, uh, and, and you hear me talking about this and you're going, he's talking the language that I feel like I've been talking and nobody's been able to understand, I want to give you some, some, some things that help me, uh, some, some possible uh, balms for the wound of health anxiety, some defenses against the enemy who... I believe, loves to attack us on anything. If there's anything he can get us to worry about, anything he can get us to doubt God on, anything he can get us to distract us from Christ who is seated above, any way he can get us focused on temporal matters, he's going to do it. And so healthy anxiety, I think, is a real area that he will attack in someone. So if you've been struggling with it, or really any sort of anxiety, uh, I hope these will be helpful to you, but particularly with healthy anxiety. Here's some defenses. Here's some bombs. Number one, take positive action. Okay, take positive action. And what I mean by that is you got healthy anxiety, go exercise. It's a positive action. You'll feel better. Exercise came into my life through the anxiety that I was feeling about my health. And when I talk about exercise, bigger than just going to play disc golf a couple times a week, I'm talking about working out with weights. I'm talking about going on runs. I'm talking about like, like really working out. Exercise is a great thing. Number two, your diet. If you are having health anxiety, and I know I'm starting with very practical things here. I'm going to get to the spiritual in a moment, but I'm just going to just practical things you can do. Um, I'm not trying to prioritize that over the spiritual. It's just the order I wrote them down in. But it's so important that you don't just try to spiritually respond. Like You need to physically respond to this anxiety by taking positive action. Your diet. Count calories. Cut out, you know, large amounts of sugar. Drink more water. Like whatever it is you have to do, you know your bad habits, right? You know your bad habits. Deal with your bad habits. Don't put your head in the sand and say, "Well, it'll be all right." No, like th this stuff really matters. Like I was probably eating five thousand calories a day. I when all of this health anxiety started for me, I was close to three hundred pounds. And if you know me now, you, you know I don't weigh 300 pounds anymore. Uh, I lost a bunch of weight over the last few years. It took a lot of work. It did not happen overnight. But it just took daily being like, I'm not going to abuse my body with food. I'm going to let be, food be something I glorify God with. My God will not be my belly. And so exercising is important. Diet is important. You're like, well, that's not fun. No, it's not. It's not fun to, to not eat whatever you want, and it's not fun to give up time in your day and to give up energy to go and do something that's hard, like going on a run or lifting some weights or you know doing, doing a workout. It's not fun, but when you start to see results, it'll become a little more fun. And when you start to feel better, like you actually feel better, it helps when you start to worry and you're like, oh man, I'm what if I have this and what if I have that and you, you have that temptation to Google, you can stop and say, no, 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 wait a second. I'm taking these positive actions. I'm doing what I can do physically. I'm eating better. 
I'm exercising. This stuff matters. And then thirdly, I would say, go to your doctor. Go talk to your doctor. Go to your doctor and say, I'm struggling with anxiety about my health. And let your doctor give you advice. Because these things I'm talking about with my exercise and my diet really came from my doctor. It was my doctor who said, well, let's come up with a plan. This is what we need to do. Let's address the mind. Let's address the body. So go talk to your physician about it. That's why your physician is there. If you're the type of person that doesn't get physicals, if you're the type of person that avoids the doctor like the plague, I would tell you to stop doing that. At least go see your doctor once a year and get a physical and, and talk to, your, to, to him or her and let them know how you're feeling about your body and then let them respond. That's what they're there for. So number one, take positive action. Number two, turn to the ordinary means of grace. Be in the word every day. You need it. If, if you are struggling to get control of your mind and your thought life is being overcome with negativity and worry, you need to be in the Bible. You need to be studying the word of God. You need to be filling your heart with his statutes, his precepts, his truth. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And that means you need to guard your heart, right? It's the old kind of Christian cliche, but it's important. And the, the best way you can guard your heart is to bind your heart to the word of God. Philippians 4.6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So the word of God will point you then to another ordinary means of grace, which is prayer. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. Pray about your anxieties. Talk to God about how you're feeling, about your health, about your body, about your concerns, about your worries. Go to the Lord and show him, I, I, want to be de I'm, I am dependent upon you, and I, and I want to demonstrate that to you in prayer. John Bunyan said that, People walk around, a bunch of Christians just walk around absolutely miserable because they don't ask God for daily grace. And if you're not praying for daily grace, that Bunyan said God will withhold that grace because he wants you to pray for grace. He wants you to turn to him for daily mercies. So if you're trying to live like you're an autonomous, independent being apart from him, he's going to say, you want to do that? Well, then I'm going to withhold my grace. And then when you're miserable, you'll come to me. And you will humble yourself before me, and God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, and he will pour that grace out upon you so that you realize how much you need him. So come to him every day and ask him for grace. Come to him every day and be dependent upon him. Let him know the peace of my heart and the peace of my mind, Lord, it is totally dependent upon you. The ordinary means of grace, also I'm talking about gathering with the saints, I'm talking about ordinances, coming to church, participating in the Lord's Supper, remembering your baptism. These things will help combat the anxiety. Just as I was telling my story, how much did I talk about people in my church who helped me, who encouraged me, right? People like Dave Kramer, people like that brother who came to me and shared with me about his own health anxieties. Uh, it, it, and, and so you need to be gathering with the saints to receive that edification, but also you need to be coming to the Lord's Supper table and communing with God there and remembering the Lord there. And then remember your baptism. Jonathan Edwards, that was one of his resolutions, that he would remember his baptism. 
You don't check that box of baptism and move on, but you remember it. You look back to that day when you entered into the church, that day when you announced to the world through the symbol of baptism that you're a part of the kingdom of God, that the old you is gone, and the, the, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so it is good to gather with the saints and to make use of the ordinances. And I want to say when it comes to, I meant to say this with prayer, so I'll circle back around to prayer for a moment. When it comes to prayer, if you struggle to pray because you are so broken, okay, then I would tell you, get a hold of a good liturgy book. In the midst of my struggle, Jonathan Gibson's Be Thou My Vision came into my life. Crossway put that out. There's three of them now. There's O Sacred Head Now Wounded, which is for the time after Easter. And there's also O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which is for Advent all the way through Epiphany. And those books are really helpful. Be Thou My Vision is the one for the ordinary seasons, if you will. It's particularly helpful. Uh, And I was using Be Thou My Vision every day because the liturgy was like a cast for my broken soul. I didn't know what to pray. It provided prayers to pray. And then it would kind of like, it would uh, it would prime the pump of the well, if you will, so that as I got through the end of my liturgy, I would find myself ready to pray more spontaneously. Another book that uh, was really good is Daily Prayer for Baptists by Patrick Morrow and W. David Stone. And that is basically the Book of Common Prayer Baptized. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is it uses the new language trans, uh, the new living translation. I wish I wish that it used a different Bible translation, but that's okay. Uh, but it really, it, the reason I think they use the NLT is so that kids, you could use it with kids for like family worship. But daily prayer for Baptists. There's another one called a book of prayer for Baptists, which is a bigger version. But I think that's for ministers. So daily prayer for Baptists. That was really helpful to me as well. That one takes a little more getting used to. It's not as intuitive and user-friendly as Be Thou My Vision. But liturgy can be helpful. And Richard Baxter says, when you are so broken down by anxiety and worry and depression and sorrow, he says in his book, The Cure for Depression and Excessive Sorrow, sing. Because sometimes when I would go to pray in the midst of my anxiety, Satan would pray on my mind and I would just kind of like cave in on myself and just start to talk about just how awful everything was and find myself actually leaving a spirit of prayer and just kind of going into a spirit of of sadness if, and, and, and a spirit of even uh, grumbling on some level. So he said that when you're really in the dark night of the soul, sing, because when you sing, it, it, you keep your focus more on the Lord and off of yourself. Um, that book also was really helpful to me. The Cure for Depression and Excessive Sorrow by Richard Baxter. I actually read that after I'd already come out of all this, but that book helped me understand what I had gone through, and and it it helps me know how to not go back to that place or to try to guard against it. So Richard Baxter's Cure for Depression and Excessive Sorrow, I do recommend that to you as well. So take positive action, turn to the ordinary means of grace, and then number three, talk to a faithful brother or sister. I had my wife, I had people in the church, I had people outside of the church. You need to talk to somebody. Don't try to handle all of this alone. Don't try to handle all this by yourself. If you're a man, find a faithful brother. If you're a woman, find a faithful sister that you can share your fears with. Be honest about your fears. Be honest about these things that you're feeling. You feel like you're going to die, tell somebody you feel like you're going to die. You're worried you have cancer even though you you know you don't have cancer, but you can't stop thinking about the fact that you might have cancer. 
And that's where I was. I had gotten a full body scan. Like they looked at everything from my knees to my neck and they were like, you're clean. Like you, you look good. Everything looks good. You got like a little small hernia and you got a couple of nodules. Not, nothing to worry about here. You look great. And I still spent the next two months convincing myself that I was really, really sick because I just could not get away from the thought that I'm dying and, and that I'm going to have a tombstone that will say, I told you so, and nobody's listening to me. And I know that seems crazy, but that is how anxiety and sorrow can bend the mind. Okay. Uh, so share those fears with somebody because it's helpful to talk them out with people, to, to verbally process them with people as opposed to trying to hold it in and kind of collapsing in on yourself. When you talk to a faithful brother or sister, you can also confess your sin. You can be honest with somebody. I know I'm doubting God. I know I'm not trusting God the way that I should, right? Jesus says in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? Like I, I would talk to people and tell them, it's like I know that this is true. I know that my thought life is not living up to the truth of God's word. I know I am falling short of the standard of, of trust and dependence upon him that I see in uh, the Bible and that I see commanded. I know I'm failing. And I was able to confess that sin to brothers and sisters and to have them pray for me. I even had like my friend Daniel, who was a missionary overseas, he and I would talk regularly about these things because he has a nursing background. So he was able to help me think through like the actual physicality, like the physicality, is that the right word? The actual, like, you know, physical part of some of my anxieties. And he would be like, dude, I'm not letting you worry about this. He's like, no, absolutely not. Like at one point I came to him and I said, now I'm worried that I, I may have, like my back was hurting, which I actually think a lot of my back pain was coming from stress. And I was like, I'm, I'm scared I have um, tumors on my spine. He was like, nope, nope, we're not doing this. He's like, I'm not doing tumors on the spine with you. You don't have tumors in your spine. I love you. And I'm not going to allow you to believe you have tumors on your spine. And he would just he would just kind of draw a line in the sand with me at times and be hard-nosed with me and say, no. And it helped me. It really, really helped me. Uh, so when you would confess, you confess that sin to people, they hold you accountable. They pray for you, right? And we need that. And then uh, I mentioned the word encouragement a lot. You get encouragement from people when you talk to them. And so as I opened up more with our church body and shared with them, they encouraged me. And I think one of the, the when it, I think I can point to when this really drew for, to a close for me, it was August of 2021. I was about to go on vacation and I just shared openly with the church before I went on vacation. I preached a sermon about anxiety because we were going through the book of Luke and it came up in the text. And so I preached a sermon about it and I just said, listen, I, I have really struggled in this area. Here's my journey. I walked them through. Every, the church had seen me suffer. The church, especially people who knew me, but even people in the church who don't know me super intimately, 
they had watched that something's going on with Pastor Michael. They knew I was struggling. And when I shared with the church what was going on, the amount of people who came to me and said, I have dealt with the same thing, or I deal with the anxiety in this area and this area, and your sermon really helped me. We were, we were able to encourage one another, right? The God of all comfort comforts us, then we pour that comfort out on others. And so I was able to do that through the preached word. And that was a real blessing, I hope, to others. It was a blessing to me to be able to share in that way. I don't like to get so biographical from the pulpit, but that was a Sunday where I felt called to do it, and I just wanted to open up with the church. And the church was was in, incredibly uh, responsive in the in a positive way, and 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 so share with others, talk to others. So take positive action, turn to the ordinary means of grace, the word prayer, church and ordinances, talk to a faithful brother or sister, and, uh, and and take it seriously. Take it seriously. If I was to add a fourth one there, I guess I would say, don't take it lightly. And by take it lightly, I would say, don't think, well, I'm probably just crazy. I'm not going to say anything about this. If you're really struggling, and it's a real spiritual issue in your life, and it is causing a problem in your life and and maybe even is causing a break in your fellowship with God, deal with it. Don't count it as light because it might be quite heavy. Like I said, I, I really believe this was a spiritual attack from the enemy for me. And I pray daily that God would guard me against it now. Like it's something I got to be on guard about. I know this is an area that I am prone to struggle in. This is an area I'm prone to be attacked in. I got to stay in prayer about it. And that brother who checked on me that day in church and came up to me and said, I think the Lord wants me to talk to you about healthy anxiety, which how good is God, right? How good is God that he laid it on this man's heart to come to me spontaneously and say this to me? How good is him to lay that impression on his heart and for him to come and say, God's impressing this on my heart. I want to bring it up to you. He still checks on me. We still check on each other from time to time. How are you doing? You know, How's it going with the healthy anxiety? We don't talk about it as much as we used to because I think we're both walking in more victory than we were, but it still comes up, still check in on each other, still look after each other. So uh, it's important to take it seriously, push back against the enemy, and stay on guard. All right. How are you doing? How is your soul? How is God's grace at work in your life? How would you like for his grace to be at work in your life? You consider these questions, and you need to talk to a pastor, particularly about healthy anxiety. Reach out to us. Connect at SeafordBaptist.com. We would love to talk to you. Until next time, keep living the pilgrim life.